for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Pervoye Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Had a great round one with Stuart J. Hooper, lecturer, academic. In case you missed it last hour, as always, check the archive at tntradio.live or on the podcast ecosystem. Um, I'm hoping uh, we'll have the video available as well at some point if you're into the video. And this hour I got coming up, this fantastic indie musician, uh, Samuel uh, Samuel Lopez, known as Koki, that's C-O-Q-U-I, and the website is I am Koki, I am C-O-Q-U-I.com. I'm literally going to purchase uh, his, his new live set of songs goes on sale tomorrow uh at itunes and i'm literally going to purchase all of his albums uh i'm floored by by this guy and again is a rebel rebel rocker in the vein of brad skistemas uh pete parada the defiant folks so you know an another amazing creative to support so let's do support these people um i i was floored by this thread yesterday i don't think i mentioned this balaji he's almost got a million followers on twitter very important thinker investor and this basically sums it all up what, what he just posted and someone of of his level posting this you know this has been my what i've been most worrying about so he writes the digital iron curtain you'll find it on his twitter b-a-l-a-j-i-s balajis the digital iron curtain i don't think enough people see this for what it is a digital iron curtain is gradually descending over the West. It's the Fed now quasi CBDC. It's the 87,000 IRS agents. It's stepped up financial surveillance. It's a tax on every exchange, crypto exchange. It's expanded civil forfeiture. By the way, for people that don't know, in the United States, civil forfeiture, that's when the cops just, they, they, they take your home because they feel like it. They throw out some flimsy pretext or uh they, they often stop people uh traveling in their cars and take all the cash on them and there was one year recently where the authorities stole more to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars through civil forfeiture than robbers did all all year round in America so anyways I'm, I'm getting on a tangent but Balaji goes on to say all of this is against the backdrop of sovereign debt crisis commercial real estate collapse historical crash in bond prices basically the us is bankrupt many times over western central banks themselves need bailouts and dc is making it even harder to exit to crypto so if you're caught on the blue side when the music stops there's a scenario where everything you own will be seized to pay the state's unpayable debts that goes uh, to that recent book i think the author the hedge fund manager david webb uh, the great taking where he comes to the same, same conclusion saying that all governments around the world over the last 50 years have put in legislation where when the collapse happens uh, all of our assets are collateral they'll, they'll be able to take it and uh, it's interesting what balaji says here for everyone who has some inkling of what may come they'll need to choose which side of that digital iron curtain they land up on red states are probably better than blue states and foreign states are probably safer than red states in the united states so i'm, I'm lucky i'm here in mexico uh, a good rule of thumb is to be as far away financially physically and socially from bankrupt blue america as possible because if 2008 was about bank bailouts soon we're going to see central bank bailouts reverse bailouts where your currency is debased 
to bail out the government. So hold on to your seats. And we're seeing signs of this. Financial Times reported yesterday, Germany freezes new spending commitments after debt break court ruling. Germany has imposed an across-the-board freeze on new spending commitments in a move that has exposed the depth of the budgetary crisis triggered by last week's bombshell ruling by the country's constitutional court. So governments are collapsing. They're beginning to collapse. Japan, Germany, U.S., it's getting crazy out there. And Riley Wagaman, Edward, Edward Slavsquat, who's uh, frequently featured on Jesse, um, Jesse Zerwell's program, he, he put out a great new post. Uh, Moscow challenges Washington's fly larvae hegemony. The era of unipolar bug burgers is over. Maggot flour is for everyone. And so now in Russia, he says, uh, the Russian prime minister quietly signed a decree allowing food manufacturers to produce coarse larvae, fly larvae, larva flour, uh, and other anti-globalist delicacies. This is uh, Riley's um, uh, funny writing here. So again, this shows the Russian government is promoting all this globalist nonsense in Russia. They are also going to eat eat the bugs, but they'll have a Russian vodka to to down the bugs uh, with. And a new study came out. People who strictly adher adhered to COVID rules have bad mental health now. It says, um, where, where, where's the key takeaway here? The more individuals complied with health advice during lockdown, the worse their well-being post-lockdown. There you go. And speaking of COVID, Mysterious pneumonia ripping through Chinese schools now sparks fears among scientists of a COVID repeat. Public service announcement. I'm not playing this game again. All right, I'm 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 done. I am not playing this game again. No more cubrebocas, face masks, um, no hand gel, nothing. You guys have fun with that. If it means I can't go to any, you know, government offices or supermarkets whatever i'll forage for berries on the edge of town i'm not playing this game again just just, just to let uh people know and, and um ch uh, children's health defense reports that there's this chair care program now in new mexico where cdc funded program is pushing uh, hairstylists to push the covid and flu shots especially among conservative clients and minorities it's pretty racist if you ask me uh and or just real quick on this niagara falls checkpoint explosion they're saying now it wasn't a terrorist attack but a reckless driver so yeah that's that's that uh real quick uh, reminder that at tnt radio we never go home we're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time we're broadcasting live now in color in living color 24 7 online globally no matter what we've got you covered on tnt radio your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. In case you missed it, Bethlehem, the town where the world's very first Christmas took place, has officially canceled Christmas. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio News producer, Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. I, I caught wind of this not that long ago. The there was it was kind of a quiet announcement. There was a lot of world events happening and big news, and so this kind of 
slipped under the radar a little bit, but I do remember seeing a sideways glance about headlines mentioning the fact that uh, Bethlehem had canceled Christmas celebrations, and apparently it's true, uh, and uh, they're doubling down on it and defending it and making the rounds. So I caught this really fascinating uh, article today uh, on Fox, uh, believe it or not. So uh, shout out to Fox News for talking about this, I guess. But uh, it says Christian leaders in Bethlehem, the city where Jesus Christ was born, are saying the cancellation of their celebrations is a meditation on the spiritual meaning of the holiday amid bloodshed in the region. The patriarchs and heads of churches in Jerusalem, an interdenominational council of bishops and pastors responsible for churches in the Holy Land, made their decision known on November 10th via a joint letter. This is part of what the letter stated, quote, each year during the sacred seasons of Advent and Christmas tide, our Christian communities throughout the Holy Land take great delight in their preparations for the commemoration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In addition to attendance in religious services, these celebrations have normally involved participation in numerous public festivities and the large-scale display of brightly lit and expensive decorations as a means of expressing our joy at the approach and arrival of the Feast of the Nativity. But these are not normal times. Since the start of the war, there has been an atmosphere of sadness and pain. Thousands of innocent civilians, including women and children, have died or suffered serious injuries. Many more grieve over the loss of their homes, their loved ones, or the uncertain fate of those dear to them. Throughout the region, even more have lost their work and are suffering from serious economic challenges. Yet, despite our repeated calls for a humanitarian ceasefire and a de-escalation of violence, the war continues. End quote. The Christian leaders clarify that their decision to downplay the fanfare of local Christmas celebrations is meant to highlight the spiritual core of the holiday amid more than a month of bloodshed. To date, there have been more than 1,200 Israelis reportedly killed by Hamas, while the Hamas-run Palestinian Ministry of Health is claiming and stopped because they stopped reporting. But last report, nearly 13 to 14,000 civilians who have been killed by Israeli military activity in Gaza. Uh, continuing from this uh, patriarch's letter, quote, therefore, we, the patriarchs and heads of the churches in Jerusalem, call upon our congregations to stand strong with those facing such afflictions by this year, foregoing any unnecessarily festive activities. We likewise encourage our priests and the faithful to focus more on the spiritual meaning of Christmas in their pastoral activities and liturgical celebrations during this period, with all the focus directed at holding in our thoughts our brothers and sisters affected by this war and its consequences, and with fervent prayers for a just and lasting peace for our beloved holy land. End quote. The letters, uh, the leaders' statement from the Christians, from the Christian, the statement from the Christians' leaders contextualizes reports from earlier this month, as I had mentioned, quoting Bethlehem civil authorities on the decision to take down Christmas decorations in the area. So it would appear that early reporting was kind of clickbaity, and I'm glad I didn't click on it, but it was legit. And there's a real reason that they decided to do this, uh, not necessarily to take a jab at the Christians. This wasn't a woke woke canceling Christmas. No, it appears, Harori, instead that they're trying to go back to the true meaning of Christmas, especially 
you know, considering what's happening all around them. But what do you think? Well, you, you just brought back memories from for me. I'm looking at this photo um, of the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem, West Bank and the Christmas tree. I take it it's from a previous year and I, I was there exactly. I think it was uh, I've got Alzheimer's now, but maybe 2018, 2019, I went for a week maybe to Israel um, and we, we walked around there. Uh, it was really something to be in Israel and uh, Bethlehem. Uh, and I'm the kind of person I, I don't like crowds. I stay away from crowds. And I have to tell you, surprisingly, visiting some of the holy sites and churches and some people behave, you know, some quote, religious people behave really nasty. They get angry, they shove. And I'm just kind of the person, if I see a whole big, sometimes I won't even go into certain sites because I just don't want to deal with this, the madness of crowds. So I'll just step back out of the crowd and just contemplate where I am, you know, try to feel the history of, of thousands of, of, of years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess if, if this is, I, I guess we could say that this does make, make sense. And I think it's a time for everyone around the world to reflect on not just the material, but eternity, you know, uh, eternity that, that waits, waits for us all. Um, you know, other thoughts, Ruckus. Well, also the words that they're talking about the call for a ceasefire in particular, which is a contentious thing to say just amongst your friends and family on social media or on a radio program sometimes. Um, but here actual Christian leaders in a, in a key town, that's very important to the hearts of their belief systems listen to these people i mean there there might be something to this call for a ceasefire after all i mean speaking from the point of christianity anyways um just saying but um yeah i don't know i i also i'm one of those crazy conspiracy theorist types herbori especially when it comes to the holidays so to me a lot of i i agree with the sentiment here the motivation for this letter a lot of these modern day festive celebrations really technically have nothing to do with Christmas in particular, like the Christmas tree, um, the, the gift giving. A lot of these are paganized or commercialized ideas. And, and I think that I'm down with Bethlehem canceling those types of celebrations and instead focusing on what what the holiday is meant to be. Yeah, you know, there, there is a you know, I'm, I'm not big on all of that stuff. Uh, either you know celebrating christmas is a tradition family and friends are great i'm not big on the christmas tree i know there's a debate uh, among christianity and you know that there are points if if people can throw up a christmas tree and take it as a cultural thing and, and not read it too much into the paganism as long as they're aware of it um or, or you know i'm not saying again that you have to dissect where the where if there is any of that pagan aspect or others you know who just don't do christmas trees uh at all so you know that's an entire other um debate and you know what else um can i tell you it's uh i, I just you know another memory came back our israeli tour guide took us into bethlehem and we had to go through a, a checkpoint and i had no idea what was going on and he he didn't go in and we had a local Palestinian guy take us around and then take us back. I mean, it was really something going through the checkpoint. And then when we got back into the van, we left. And I felt so bad afterward because I only realized after the fact, I thought the Palestinian guide 
was receiving money from the Israeli guide. And later I found out, no, and I had not left him uh, a tip. I would have given him money, but I only realized, and that I think also spoke, it was a microcosm of how the Israeli side really did not like the Palestinian side. And so, but anyways, now we have opportunity to uh, not hate, come together, try to try to be peaceable, to be more nuanced. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's much more energy to hate than it is to love people. So let's love our neighbors and um, all that sort of thing. Thank you, Ruckus. We got a fantastic guest coming up, Sam Samuel Jacob Lopez Jr., known as Koki. We're going to play coming out of the break, um, one of uh, my favorite songs uh, of his that was recently released. So we'll be right back. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Chief Division Council and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? The government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live.
All right. All right. All right. That was our slow death, which came out earlier this year from uh, Samuel Jacob Lopez Jr., known as Koki. Let me read his bio real quick. Uh, he masterfully fuses nostalgic production with catchy melodies, giving a genre-bending take on modern rock, drawing inspiration from 70s psychedelic rock, 90s hip-hop, and skate punk. Uh, Koki's sound and lyrics are anchored in his profound Christian belief. He's supported by Ronnie Alexander on bass and Luke Mensink on drums. Their live performances elevate the music, showcasing a trio that stands out from the typical band. From a young age, he was captivated by his dad's diverse vinyl collection, signaling a lifelong musical journey. Over the years, he's quickly worked his way up the musical ladder, making a name for himself working in the studio with artists like Young, The Giant, uh, Rack, or RAC, Crystal Castles, as well as touring behind the scenes with 30 Seconds to Mars, Machine Gun Kelly, Blink-182, and with the sonic signature that stands divinely unmatched. Koki is shaking the very foundations of the indie music scene. His tracks aren't merely tunes. They're pulsating anthems of gospel and raw truth, urging listeners toward introspection and conviction-driven exploration. Uh, the website, IamKoki.com. Welcome to TNT, Samuel. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the craziest thing, I just discovered your music a few weeks ago via, of all places, some random post on Telegram. And it was merely a snippet <laughs> of you of, of you playing our slow death and i had to scramble to figure out you know who was this guy there was no name there i finally found your website your youtube channel um and when i heard your songs you know the hair was standing on the back of my neck uh, my lord provided another one of your great tracks and we'll, we'll talk about this but i think tomorrow you're releasing some of your uh some new songs a live performance um but maybe mm -hmm. to start uh, you know what does uh koki mean Koki, that's funny you ask. So Koki is a, a, it's a name that has always been in my family. It was the nickname of my mom. And the, the word comes from Puerto Rico. It's the name of the, the world's smallest frog. It's a little tiny frog that's like the size of your thumbnail. And uh, it sings at night. And so my grandfather nicknamed my, my mother Koki because she was the youngest of seven brothers and sisters. And so it was always something that was in my family. When I was in about high, uh, high school, my dad started a clothing company. It was a Puerto Rican themed clothing company and it was called Koki Designs. And uh, he would um, make custom clothing uh, with Puerto Rican themed logos and he would um, embroider them with a, an embroidery machine. And then we would go to the Puerto Rican festivals in Los Angeles and, and sell uh, different merch. And so, yeah, it was just a name that was always, um, something that was special in my family and so when i started this project i wanted something that you know kind of uh connected me to my family but also something that was a word that wasn't very familiar that i could sort of um, rebrand in a way yeah that was a, that's a good idea a, a lot behind that uh, story in one word it's usually keep uh, good, good to keep it to, to to one word real <laughs> quick uh samuel we're gonna jump to our headlines we'll be right back cool all right, let's get this underway for our first order of business. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. A car today exploded at a toll checkpoint on Rainbow Bridge at Niagara Falls, resulting in the death of the two occupants in the vehicle. According to Fox News, citing law enforcement sources, the explosion was part of a planned larger attack, which is now under investigation by the FBI Terrorism Task Force. Israeli officials voted on Wednesday morning local time to approve a deal in which dozens of hostages kidnapped by Hamas will be let go, in exchange for Israel releasing some Palestinian 
Palestinian women and minors convicted of crimes from prisons inside Israel. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We're talking to musician Samuel Lopez Jr., known as Koki. Check out the website, I am Koki. That's I am C-O-Q-U-I.com. Subscribe to his channels, buy some of the music. Um, and so I, I read your bio, so you've been involved in music, but are, are you starting now to write uh, your own stuff? What, what's going on here? Yeah, so I've been, you know, I've been in the music industry for, for a while. Um, for the last about eight years, I've been kind of um, more so behind the scenes uh, working on tour with different um, big name artists. Um, I do like more technical side of stuff like playback and music director and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, about uh, about two years ago, I started just writing um, music with like a new purpose. And I started releasing uh, some of these songs in the top of the year. Um, so yeah, the whole project's fairly new, um, but I've been making music for for a little while. And I, I guess maybe to to start with one of the songs that, that where I first discovered you, "Our Slow Death," and and you know people you you read the lyrics and you know that that's very much uh, some of the stuff we talk about here on on TNT Radio or on on my personal podcast, Geopolitics and Empire. And you know just mm-hmm. just reading some of the lyrics, you know, chemtrails, FDC, the factories infecting meat. Uh, Monsanto Industries, more than just conspiracies. Uh, Bill Gates, right? Epstein, Deep State, bend yeah. the knee, expose, expose the royal families. And uh, <laughs> if, if you could tell us a bit about you know your thoughts on on some of these themes, themes and um, deep politics. You know, how do you see conspiracy, the new world order, globalism? Uh, you know, the past couple of years, I've been I've been tracking how we're moving towards this world government and this sort of technocracy. Yeah. What, what do you make of all of this stuff? Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole reason behind that song was, um, you know, when, you know, I've always kind of been into conspiracies and like questioning, you know, questioning the things that are being told to us. You know, my dad turned me on to chemtrails back when I was in high school. And so that kind of like opened up my mind to uh, what, you know, what things that exist that we don't know, you know, know about. So I've always been interested in conspiracies. Um, but recently when COVID happened, there was a like a series of events that happened in my life that m- kind of made me wake up to the reality of, of this world is, you know, there's so many things that are being lied to us about, right? And so the my point of the whole song was, you know, these were certain things that kind of made me realize that the devil is in fact real in this world right the fact that um that the world is not exactly what we think it is and there's a lot of evil and a lot of cruel things that go on and so with the song i just wanted to kind of shine light on some of these things without getting too deep and too grotesque or anything like that i just wanted to kind of shine the light and and uh you know kind of point the direction for maybe people that never even heard of these things because i know there's a lot of people that never heard of chemtrails or have no idea what you know what's up with bill gates or anything like that and so it's kind of my way of being like hey go check that out like you might you might realize something that you didn't know and for me it it helped me um it helped me realize that the devil is real and so if the devil is real then of course god has to be real and it's one thing that that um helped me uh find my my path uh, back to christianity and um you know my path towards righteousness 
Yeah, and I feel the same way. I feel, uh, you know, I, I became a Christian when I was a teenager and um, I started studying history and politics. And it's just like you see how the, the two just come come together. And, you know, uh, pe people talk about the Bible and how it's anti-science. I'm like, no, it's, you look at all the world events, it's just affirming what the Bible mm -hmm. is um, talking about. And um, just just a question there, given that, you know, you work in the, in the music or and music or entertainment industry and mm -hmm. sometimes maybe when artists try to talk about some of these things you know they might get canceled or something do, do you have any fear um of that sort of thing not really um not really i mean when i started this project my my uh you know i didn't have any intention of it even blowing up you know i was kind of starting from zero so i figured i can just say whatever i want and if people hate it then they hate it you know like i'm not losing out on any anything uh it's it's funny now that you know the songs are out people are actually gravitating towards it and a lot of people are agreeing with it so um yeah i'm not i'm not too worried about getting canceled because i mean in this day of age like you can get canceled over anything so i'd rather just be true to myself and say what's on my mind you know that's what a you know freedom of speech is all about yeah and you know new parallel economies are developing and we've seen people who've gotten canceled in, in, in different areas of life and mm. they've succeeded yeah they, they've gone to have greater success than what they had uh before uh and and i'm just curious about your your faith as well your your if you could tell us a bit, uh, you know, how you got into the, your faith or how, how you came back, uh, you know, for, for me, it was when I was I was raised Catholic, but at age 17, you know, I just flipped open the Bible and just I don't know what happened, you know, teenager, uh, I was uh, summertime in Croatia chasing women and getting drunk. And then I'm like, <laughs> I was bored and I read from Genesis to Revelation. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I, you know, I'm, I consider myself a non-denominational sort of Christian Baptist type, mm -hmm. uh, whatever. But uh, what, what, what's sort of been your road uh, toward to, to, to faith? Yeah. So, so I grew up, you know, I grew up in the church. My, my parents are both Christian and um, from, you know, from a young age um, up into high school, I went to a Christian church in Orange County. That's where I, you know, I, I learned how to play music. Actually, I learned how to play guitar and bass playing in the church band. And so I, growing up, you know, I was, I was a pretty sheltered kid. My dad was, you know, very strict. And so he only allowed me to go to church events and that's what kind of gravitated what I gravitated towards was, um, you know, pl playing in the church band because it was the only thing my dad would let me do, really. And so um, throughout middle school and high school, you know, I was very much involved in 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 my, my church in Orange County. And then at about 18 years old, you know, when I was old enough to move out, um, I kind of just like rebelled against my my dad and got lost in the world and a few years later i started you know trying to pursue the music industry and so to be honest with you from like 18 till about three years ago i just got deeper deeper lost in the world until i got to the point where like i didn't even recognize jesus you know i always i always believed in god i feared god but i kept pushing him farther and farther away to to where he wasn't a priority anymore um and so when uh, when when COVID happened and all the lockdowns uh, forced us to stay home, uh, it was the first time in about five years that um, I, that I stopped touring because prior to that, I was touring a lot. I was currently with 30 Seconds to Mars running their playback. 
And so I've been touring for five years straight, very busy, nonstop. Um, and, you know, when you when you're on tour and you're traveling a lot, you know, it's very easy to forget about God, especially if you don't have a close relationship. You know, when you're on tour, everyone on tour, all they're thinking about is the tour, the next travel, you know, it, it always, it becomes priority. And so, you know, if you don't have a strong relationship with, with God, then, um, you know, you tend to not put him as priority and you put the tour as priority. So I, I was going five years deep in that. And so when COVID happened and the lockdowns happened, it was the first time in years where I was forced to stop. And, um, and I was alone and kind of in my own thoughts and um and there was just a series of events that happened that uh I God sort of revealed the truth to me and I started seeing things that were going on in the world and you know like I said like I always had um I always had like kind of a a, a curious mind you know to um I always question things you know that's why I was into conspiracies early on and so when covid happened you know something felt off about um, you know, everything that was going on in the world, you know, all these, uh, you know, just the, the lockdown mandates in general and having to wear a mask and, and losing freedom unless you did this. And, you know, and then with all the different riots that were happening and stuff that was happening in politics and then the whole world, you know, or the whole country, uh, U.S. hating on Trump. And so I started like looking into certain things because I was like, I, you know, the first time I, I I actually wanted to learn politics, actually, that was a bit that was a big part of it, too, because I was seeing like just this big division that was happening during that time. And I, I, I didn't understand it at first because I didn't understand politics. I never really paid attention to it. And so I started digging and learning more about how politics works and, you know, and uh and little by little, God just started opening up my eyes to to see what was really going on in the world. And I started realizing a lot of things that were just like, wait a minute, this is not what I thought it was. And so that ultimately um, just brought me back to my faith, really, you know, just seeing um, just 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 seeing different perspectives that I didn't know existed, you know. And um, yeah, so, you know, about three years ago. I just pray to God, open up my eyes and, um, and yeah, and everything just started becoming very clear to me. So in, in, in a way, it's like the story of the prodigal son, which is, uh, fantastic. You know, this it's, you know, one, one of the stories in the, in the Bible, basically that no matter mm -hmm. what you do, uh, you know, I even believe I, I sometimes discuss this, the son of Sam, this New York serial killer in the 1970s, I think he killed mm -hmm. dozens of people, uh, life in prison. Um, he came to Christ, and you know, I think if he, you know, truly repented and came to believe, even though he's killed a bunch of people, he'll be um, uh, in in heaven, uh, hopefully, if it's the real deal. And you mentioned COVID, and in many ways, COVID was like the the stuff we read about in the Book of Revelation or the Book of mm -hmm. uh, you know in the New Testament. I, I mean, I've I was living. Uh, in Kazakhstan at the time, at the edge of Kazakhstan, oh, near wow. the Russian border, near the the, the the Soviet nuclear test site where 500 dropped, where Stalin dropped the first bomb. Uh, yeah. and I, as soon as soon as COVID happened, I'm like, I'm getting back to Mexico uh, because you know the QR <laughs> codes, uh, vac force vaccinations for boarding planes, and I managed to make it back 
without being injected. Um, but I've still got canned goods uh, from 2020 with that I bought in in, in Mexico. It felt like the end <laughs> of the world. Um, but it, it really did. Thoughts. Yeah, it, 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 it does seem like a taste of maybe what's to come. Do you ever think about like, uh, the end of the world, the, the last days, and you know uh, uh, this mark of the beast stuff. Because th their governments are still working on these digital passports and cashless systems. You know, the the Department of Homeland Security banned me from PayPal last year for being <laughs> really? um, for, for for being anti-war. You've got people being debanked, wow. like people who've done nothing, right? In Canada and Europe, people are having yeah. their bank accounts shut. So, do you have any other like thought thoughts? Do, do you worry about these things? Like, I think having faith, I don't worry about them so much. Um, yeah, like I used to. I just kind of like you know, Jesus is going to take care of us. But you know, do you have any other thoughts on on some of these these things? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely at one point, um, you know, was pretty terrified. Once I started realizing what was going on, um, I was very scared. And I think because of that, it made it drove me to want to read the Bible more and understand, um, you know, I uh, understand the revelation and and you know what's what's to happen because I wanted to know like it, it felt like the end of the world for sure. And I wanted to know, like, what does the Bible say about this? Like, because my dad had been telling me and warning me for for years since high school, you know, that that it might it might come before, you know, before our time. And so initially I was I was definitely scared because it felt like something there was a huge shift. Right. I mean, never before in history had had the whole world been affected by one simple idea you know, I, and an idea that wasn't even true to begin with, you know? And so, yeah, I definitely, it definitely pushed me towards my faith, like, uh, more than anything, but ultimately, um, you know, I learned just from reading the Bible that, you know, that, that you have nothing to worry about, you know, once you have salvation, it's, you're fine. And the thing is, we're not in control of the future. We can't, you know, we can't predict what's going to happen. And so, you know, the end of the world might happen tomorrow. So be it. The only thing that matters is as long as that, um, you know, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and, you know, and, and you're living for him, you know, you're no longer living in sin. That's all that matters. As long as you're doing that, then you're good. It doesn't matter if we get nuked tomorrow. So, you know, I have tons of friends that are, you know, always sending me, you know, posts they see on Instagram. Oh, look at this. Or, you know, like, you know, this is another sign of the mark of the beast or, you know, whatever. And yeah, at first, I, it, you know, that stuff used to scare me. But now I'm just like, yeah, that's what the Bible says. It's going to happen, you know. But those of us that are saved, we're going to be lifted up before any of it gets gets too bad anyways. So yeah, I'm not I, too I, about it. I I have people or listeners like that as well that sometimes send me stuff, and I'm kind of like I I really don't I I'm at peace, you know. Whatever happens, um, happens, and so yeah, uh, it's 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 a good uh, you know I I like Ray Comfort uh, of Living Waters who's out there in California. He mm -hmm. talks about having the parachute, uh, you know, for the plane crash, and so if you got the parachute, you don't have to worry. Others who don't have the exactly. parachute they're more yeah. worried we're we're gonna jump to our break again uh cool. koki or samuel's website is i am koki.com i am c-o-q-u-i.com you can get the music there we'll be right back the climate agenda is a national security risk where do you hear this 
From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. The climate and energy policies of California are threatening the security of residents. California has increased crude oil imports from foreign countries from 5% just 25 years ago to more than 75% today. According to Heartland analyst Ronald Stein, California is the only state in the United States that imports most of its crude oil feedstock to in-state refineries from foreign countries. California needs this oil for nine international airports and 41 military airports, as well as shipping ports up and down the coast. Meanwhile, Asia has 88 new oil refineries manufacturing fuel for California's airports and shipping terminals. It's time we recognize that the climate agenda is a national security threat. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal. Just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The Normal Maker. New from Be Normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal. You're with Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment with musician Samuel Jacob Lopez Jr., known as Koki. Uh, again, the website, I am Koki, I-M-C-O-Q-U-I.com. And I was looking at uh, iTunes. I was, I was planning to purchase all of your songs on uh, iTunes, but I wanted to wait <laughs> because I, I, re- I don't like to do the pre-sale thing. I like to buy them when they're out. And I think I read that tomorrow, November 23rd, um, you, on, on your YouTube, you did an amazing live set and then that will be available for purchase. If you want to just tell us again, um, you know, the, the, you've got merchandise as well um, about your your music that, that that's coming out and and, and projects and so forth. Yeah. So um, yeah, we recently went into the studio uh, with my live band, the the guys that um, perform with me, and we uh, decided to to record live versions of the four songs that I've released this year. So Vencomigo. My Lord provided our slow death and a newest one, Charlie. And uh, yeah, we went in with a videographer and just did like a live session and uh, and been putting them out on YouTube, uh, you know, weekly. And so, yeah, tomorrow they all come out and it'll be available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, all the rest. And, and I was listening to the music today. I mean, honestly, I, I don't uh, I'm I'm authentic. If I say I like something, I like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I, I was listening every song I, I very much enjoyed. I, I listened for the first time I went back. I hadn't heard uh, the song you posted two years ago. The first one, Fall in Love. The the video oh, yeah. is amazing. Yeah, the, I love every song. And again, I've, I've been I have I've been having my Lord provided on repeat nonstop <laughs> the, the, the live version and i i do want to ask you as well beyond just the music um you know great musician musicianship uh but as well you you guys have uh, a distinct style i mean in 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 dress and as well as your cinematography (laughs) you know yeah thoughts on uh style yeah i mean (laughs) i mean uh, no thoughts really i mean this is what naturally comes to us you know we all got our own little styles you know, we all like different things, but uh, yeah. 
And um, <laughs> I, I did want to ask as well, speaking of rock and roll, the industry, uh, you, you know, you mentioned COVID. I'm not sure if you're familiar with some of the musicians like Brad Skistemas, uh, Five Times August, um, or Pete Parada, the drummer for um, Offspring, who was canceled okay. because, right, he, he refused to be injected uh, because he had a yeah, real... I remember that. Right. Yeah, he's, he's been featured on TNT Radio, and they, they formed a, a group, The Defiant Now, uh, from, I think, Mighty Mighty Bostones and oh, some really? other groups. They, they formed a new group. They put out a great new album, and uh, all of those guys as well had issues um, with, uh, you know, being forced to take uh, injections. And, you know, you had Van Morrison, right, during mm -hmm. COVID speaking out, Eric Clapton speaking out, and your thoughts on, you know, rock and roll and this idea of, of being rebels and how... You know, Rage Against the Machine. I remember seeing Audio Slave back in Chicago, my hometown, maybe 15, 20 years ago. You know, Tom Morello, uh, three fourths of Rage Against the Machine with Chris Cornell. And it seems like when push came to shove, they raged with the machine. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on, you know, rock and roll and how, where, where have all the rebels gone? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've definitely seen a big shift. I mean, I think for a lot of these these artists, I mean, you know, their reputation and business comes first, right? You know, especially once you get to that level. And so, you know, anything that's going to compromise that, you know, a lot of these guys aren't, aren't willing to do that, you know? And so I, I understand it, but, you know, at a certain point, it's like you got to stand up for something. And like a band like Rage Against the Machine, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I guess as you get older, your your opinions change. I mean, I don't know where they stand with everything, but they don't seem very, you know, they 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 seem I don't know. I, I think it also goes hand in hand with like the whole like, you know, liberal mindset as well. You know, like we've seen like just in the last five years, like the definition of a liberal is so far different than than it used to be. You know, a lot of these artists used to consider themselves liberal. And now, you know, they want to continue to consider themselves liberal, but to be liberal, you have to go so far left that it's not even recognizable anymore. So I think a lot of these artists, they identify with like the liberal left, not realizing that the liberal left has just completely morphed and been mutated into some weird perversion. You know, so a lot of these artists just, you know, they don't want to compromise their reputation by now, you know, identifying with the right because that's you're a Trump lover or you're, you know, you're a Christian hater that hates gays or whatever the case is, you know, what people assume these days. So, you know, my thing is, it's just like, be true to yourself. You know, that's why, like, out the gate from this project, like, I'm going to be 100 percent true to myself. You know, and it's funny because I feel like now in this day of age, like to be, uh, you know, outright Christian is like the new punk rock, you know, because it goes against everything that the majority of the world is about these days. So, yeah, I feel like like the old punk is dead and the new punk is like just not <laughs> not going with the system, which a lot of people are just afraid of. Yeah. It's, it's funny it's funny you mentioned that because i'm a big uh i mean i listened to a lot of music over the years uh, i think at one point i almost had a thousand cds but i uh nick cave you know nick cave and the bad seeds i was a mm -hmm. huge fan of nick cave i've seen them perform uh, years ago and he gave a recent interview at unheard magazine um 
he said today to be a rebel is to go to church and be a conservative. This is what oh, he did. Literally, that's what he said. Literally, oh, you can check funny. me interview a couple of months back. Nick Cave, Rebel Rocker, says yeah. today to be a conservative uh, and go to church. That's the true rebel. And you're kind of seeing it, no? Like, yeah. uh, especially in the in the West. Um, and I, I, I did also want to ask you, perhaps maybe for for tips uh, out there, and what you just said about it's about being authentic and people gravitate to that whether it's you know folks like myself with the podcast or you with with music mm -hmm. do, you, do you have any advice to creatives uh out there people who are thinking of or dreaming of you know making music starting a podcast writing a substack or 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 a book yeah i mean i would say just do it because you'll be surprised how many like-minded people exist you know when i started releasing this music i had no intention of you know, trying to pursue an artist's career. It was just a, a creative outlet for me. You know, I had written these songs and I was making a style of music that I felt like um, was lacking in the music industry. But more so, I was making, you know, sonically and uh, production-wise music that I wanted to hear. I felt like there wasn't a lot of cool rock music, you know, indie rock in, in, in that style. And so initially, I was just making music for myself. And I'm still just making music for myself. You know, I went in the past when I made music for others, it always fell short. The minute I stopped doing it for others and just started doing what I thought was cool and what I wanted to hear and writing songs about themes that mattered to me, that were part of my daily conversations, I released those music and those songs. And to my surprise, there's an audience for it. And, you know, and so I would just say, like, if you if you feel strongly about something, do it because you're not going to lose out. Just do it, you know, and you'll be surprised how many like minded people uh, will gravitate towards it. I mean, yeah, th that is just great advice. And, you know, um, I've been doing my podcast as a hobby while I was teaching and then I built out a body of work and then one mm -hmm. thing leads to another and I get this, uh, you know, get to do this broadcast as well. And so, you know, that's another way of looking at it, uh, building up um, a, a body of work and then that can lead to something. And, you know, as well, there's the issue. Uh, I mean, you 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 work in the music industry, then you, you, you now create your music, but also any tips on financially being able to to make it doing what we love. Uh, my, my view is that do what you love and don't even think about the money uh you know maybe you have to do keep on with your day job and keep your um art project as as a hobby uh or maybe you'll eventually be able to live from it and any thoughts on uh you know trying to put the two together your your, your passion and and being able to live from it totally i mean you know I, I i wasn't always uh financially stable you know i for many years was a very broke musician you know just trying to take any gig i could playing with as many bands as i could networking the whole bit you know what i found over the years is um you know i i think the best thing to do is find what you're good at and what you love and and really hone in on it for me i really love recording and making music and because of that i've learned how to use this program called ableton which essentially is the industry standard for playback and so because of my love for ableton and producing music and and just constantly constantly practicing and honing in on it i also learned 
how to use Ableton for live playback, which essentially got me my first gig working for 30 Seconds to Mars. And since I got that gig, that got me to that next level where now I could I could um, take care of myself financially and start investing back into my own projects. So, but it, you know, it, it took years. It took years for me to figure out, you know, what I was best at. So if there's something, I mean, I, my best advice is like, figure out what you're good at, you know? And everyone's different, but figure out what you're good at and then just hone in on that. Find a way to like utilize what you're good at and what you enjoy doing most of all, you know? All right, we're, we're uh, one minute to midnight. Time has flown by. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be buying all of your songs tomorrow when the new album is released. <laughs> I encourage people to do so uh, as well. Um, uh, you know, any last thought? Are you going to have at some point you think create an album? Uh, you know, any thoughts for Koki next year or live performances? Oh. And again, oh, where yeah. do people go? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Full album is in the works. Um, releasing a bunch of singles start of the year. January, um, we'll be dropping a song. Uh, the, the goal is to drop another song every month. We're going to continue doing what we did this year. We're just continuing to release music, continuing to, to release content, um, working on the record right now. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you can definitely look forward to a lot more songs next year. All right. Th uh, th thanks for joining me on TNT and keep up the great work. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate you. There's the, the link on the on the page. I'm Koki.com. I'm signing off. Steve Malzberg is up next. <laughs>